Looking at the best things to do in London and beyond? From food to fitness, bars to going out, this is the AT, the About Time Podcast. Back to the AT show. Hello, hello. What what are we talking about this week, Alicia? All things cocktails. Woo! It's our booze booze special. Jill's been on the booze since (laughs) four o'clock. Been on the sauce. (laughs) I'm actually such a lightweight. Yeah, no, she gets pissed on one gin and tonic. I'm not even lying. We went to a press event once. It was actually at Dandelion, do you remember? I got in like one drink and I was on the floor. (laughs) I was like, feed me chicken nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) I need to get in the bus. I am actually the cheapest date. Yeah. It comes in handy, you know. It's cheaper in summertime. One glass of rosé, I'm done. Um, so we're talking booze. All things booze. All things booze. So kicking the show off, new cocktail menus in London. I feel like there's been a lot. New cocktail launches, you know, it's spring. People are bringing out new drinks. What's happening? Granary Square Brasseries. That's what's happening. So that's posh. Yeah. That is the posh new opening from the Ivy. Yes. Very chandeliery. <laughs> Is that even a word? No, don't think, don't think that's a word. No. But we'll go with it. It's quite posh. Very posh. It's, yeah, it's got a lot of like gold detailing and marble and blue velvet. Yeah, King's Cross, really on the up. Yeah. So actually their, um, new trio <laughs> of cocktails is actually inspired by the King's Cross area. Oh. Yeah. So what kind of stuff do we have? Platform nine and three quarters, which as you'd probably guessed, it's inspired by Harry Potter. And the, the cocktail changes color. Amazing. It's gin based and it goes from blue to purple to pink. Thanks to some weird tea, <laughs> which. And some citric acids and some creme de bergamo and it will change color in front of your eyes. And there's a cloud of candy <laughs> on top. Do you think that they would have liked to have drunk it in Harry Potter? Probably. What See are those Hagrid tw- knocking what back are those a pink? It's sweets that they used to eat. Uh, they, they eat a lot of sweets. I think it's probably inspired by Tonks's hair, if I was to call it. Do you think? I don't know who that man is. No. Oh my God, you're the least <laughs> Harry Potter fan in the world. Get off the Mate, show. I went to see one. I went to see Philosopher's Stone Cinema. The end one. Can't even remember what it's called. Part two. Went to see that cinema. Didn't see Tell any of them. What's wrong with you? Didn't see any of the other ones in between. I broke up with a guy once because he told me the ending to one of the books before I'd read it. That is a sackable offence. Why did Dumbledore die? Why was Snape dead? Didn't know. Didn't know. Uh, Maybe I should Anyway, if you'd like to go try it, Platform Nine, platform nine and Three Quarters, Granny Scratch launched. They've also got some other ones, including Kentish Bell, which is a drink inspired by the train service that connects King's Cross with the Kent countryside and coast. It's a tenuous link, but we'll go with. And it's a pretty pink cocktail with sherry and pisco and wild strawberry liqueur and other delicious things. And it comes with a mini ice cream cone. Sherry's really... On the up. Not just a drink for nanas. <laughs> can I say that? You can say I've that. said it. I don't think Sherry are going to sue you, are they? Um, and also Passion of St. Pancras. So what's inspired this one? <laughs> um, the international trading history. Of King's Cross. Yeah, of, of St. Pancras. It's so, a very nice station. I'm so joking. the argument being that lots of exotic things came through um, St. Pancras Station. So with a nod to that, they've made a cocktail made out of tropical passion fruit syrup, Havana Club rum and pineapple shrub. A melting pot of flavours. And we were talking about this earlier. We're like, now it's just a melting pot of Pret and Starbucks. But at one point... Legit. <laughs> at one point, it was a more of an exciting melting pot. I think St. Pank is one of my favourite train stations in London. I would actually rank it in my top five. Re- 
What would be in your other top five? Um, I like Kings Cross, actually. Really like Do you know what I don't like? Victoria. Oh. Victoria can do one. It's got a terrible mall. Victoria's shit. Mall of shit. Waterloo. I hate Waterloo. An abomination. Reminds me of going back to school as well. Gives me the chills. I almost got very pissed in a Weatherspoons there. Paddington. Yeah, St Pancras is very classy. Yeah, it is. And it has that oyster bar. Yeah, and Sir Cheese. <laughs> Sir Cheese. Can't say it. Also, hats off to Granny Square Brasserie because they're also doing, they're supporting the last straw campaign and they've got environmentally friendly biodegradable straws. I'm all about that. Even Spoons now has paper straws. <laughs> Why guys, do you give Spoons so much time on this podcast? I don't know. But if guys, if Spoons are doing um, paper straws, then really you should, you should all be doing it. I agree. In other cocktail news, Rutterino, which is on the King's Road, funny enough, um, is doing a nod to the royal wedding, the wedding of 2018, as they call it, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, and they're doing a selection of regal cocktails. I really like the one that's called The Prince and the Showgirl. <laughs> She's not really it a showgirl, like is she? Like, it sounds like a really shit reality TV show. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like he married her after, um, what was that show when they, they don't get to see each other till the day? Married at first sight. Yeah, the prince and the showgirl sounds like Meghan Markle just turned up on the day. Um, so apparently Meghan's favourite drink, her nightcap of choice, is a Negroni. So that's uh, yeah, that's fusing Harry's preference for vodka and Meghan's preference of Negroni. He doesn't strike me as a vodka kind of guy. Mm, I suppose he's like a lager kind of guy. Um, they've got other drinks, including um, an organic Dutchy martini. So um, an homage to the father of the groom, Princess Charles's love of all things organic. And it includes Dutchy biscuits. Um, and for all the... <laughs> this is absolutely ridiculous. This is so absurd. <laughs> but I think my favourite, actually, yeah. from the whole list is the George and Charlotte. George and Charlotte, sorry. Um, and it's for those who are seeking a non-alcoholic cocktail. Because, you know, they're kids. And it's just orange and peach. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a squash. This is why PR is... This is what PR does. Hire a PR agency, they say. They're like, George's a great idea. George and Charlotte cocktail, that'll sell. Yeah. <laughs> Robinsons to put some Robinsons in a glass but I'm sure they're lovely and delicious and if you want to try one they'll be available from the 3rd of April until May the 19th yes um, also it's fair trade fortnight boom until the 11th of March and um, there's lots of kind of fair tradey things happening in London but one of our faves is St James's Bar at the Sofitel London St James they are donating one pound per cocktail to the fair trade foundation if you get one of the signature cocktails with fair in it espresso martini yeah fair vodka Cafe liqueur, espresso shot, sugar syrup. That would mess me up. I, do you remember that time that I had two espresso martinis and I honestly could not sleep? We had two. We were celebrating something. I can't remember. Couldn't feel my face. <laughs> Didn't go to sleep till 4am. You know when you have dinner and then they come around, they're like, tea, coffee? I'm like, no, are you fucking mad? Why would I want a coffee right now? <laughs> Literally. When people have an espresso before bed, I'm like, you are not human. Also, what I don't get is when you go out for dinner and then they're like, oh, would you like some coffee? And then someone from your group pipes on and was like, yeah, I'll have a decaf double espresso. <laughs> I'm like, there's no point. Like, why? That is the world's most pointless order. A decaf double espresso. What are you doing? It negates itself. It doesn't exist. <laughs> and they also have um, a cocktail called Raya, which is fair vodka, something I definitely can't pronounce. Um, some liqueur, some lime, some cassis. There's a lot of stuff I can't pronounce oh, in that nothing list. there's nothing I can pronounce. There's some hey. macaroon tea but I'm sure it's great. Yeah. Raya, go check it out at St. James's. That's What's your fun. favorite place? Where do you like to drink? Cocktails. Ooh. Well, because I'm like a one cocktail gal, because I'm such a lightweight, it has to be like a really good one because I don't get time yeah. emotionally or physically to make my way through a cocktail menu. So I want to go somewhere where I know pretty much everything's good. I'd say my favorite place is just to go to Yoacha and get a lychee martini. Oh. They are the best lychee martinis. I think they use fresh lychees. That's the 
that's the difference. And get some of those beef pubs. Pubs? Puffs. Beef puffs. Mm. While you're at it. Where do you like to, where's your favourite for cocktails? I really do like the rumpus room on the top of the Mondrian. Mm. I think that that's really nice. You've got some views. You pay. Yeah, it's not a cheap box. Can I just say, I actually went there with me. I was like, it was a really nice summer's day. And I was like, mate, let's go, you know, go get an espresso martini. It was like 3am on a Saturday afternoon. You pay. You pay for them views, Angelica. Because you, because, yeah. Um, 36 quid later for two, for two cocktails. But I like a pub, you know. I think there's loads of great pubs. I love the Albion in Islington. Great Sunday roast. Cracking ciders on draft. You love a cider. I love a cider. You're not a classy drinker, are you? No. <laughs> I'm not. I used to be a, a jug of woo-woo in spoons, actually. Oh God, jug of woo-woo. Is that the blue one? <laughs> Vile stuff. It's really the same colour when you throw it up, so I um, Also, Prince of Peckham in Peckham is really good. And they do actually some really good cocktails. And Caribbean food. Amazing. Very cool. Other new things that are happening in London. Um, bar openings. There's loads of cool new bars. We've just handpicked... Um, one that we're quite excited about called Sapling, which is coming to Dalston, which apparently Dalston has become synonymous with good food and drink. So I hear. It's definitely changed. Yeah. It's up to, you know, it's up to the standards a bit. <laughs> so there's a new wine bar called Sapling and it's wine focused restaurant and larder. Do you know what I've noticed? Larder is the new way to describe your restaurant. Like it's a cool, it's a larder. Like what a pantry. <laughs> a pantry. Yeah. Pantry is larders. Yeah. Which means I don't really have to commit to being a restaurant. Like, oh, sorry, weird, we ran out of food. It? We're a larder. You know what really annoys me? Sorry for going a bit off topic. When they're like, veg-centric menu, veg-led oh. cooking. And I'm like, go and read the menu. And I'm like, it's all bloody me. <laughs> veg-centric. <laughs> <laughs> so this um, new wine bar, which is opening Thursday 15th of March, has a weekly changing wine list, but it has around 36 wines, which is pretty good. For a little place in Dalston. And um, yeah, the core list is all focusing on producers and lots of English sparkling. Very cool. And on top of all that, Mm. let's go more new. Yeah. That didn't even make sense. (laughs) No, no, it didn't. Fine. (laughs) Sod it. Um, New spirit launches. Yeah. Lots of new spirit launches. I mean, (laughs) Echo Falls was one I had down. Um, Also, what's funny about Echo Falls is they email me and they're like, Echo Falls, the second most popular wine brand in the UK. I was like, don't mention if it's second. Say just one of the most popular. What do you think the most popular wine brand? Mm. Like Blossom Hill? That's quite popular. Maybe. Is that what, like, Lambrini? A really mm, generic. I think it would be a really generic Savvy B. Yeah. Or I can, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't actually remember. <laughs> well, Echo Falls is bringing out their very first vodka. How do you feel about that? Not good. Why? No. You think it's going to be tacky? Well, it is. It's called Echo Falls Summer Berries Vodka. It's like when Stella Artois brought it Available outside. from Bargain Booze. <laughs> <laughs> Savers. Nisa. Oh, so they've really hit the hot spot yeah, there. Also, I I don't know if London has any bargain boozes. In Groomsby, there's about four, but <laughs> not in London. Um, so yeah, if you'd like to try that, it's a kind of berry. It's a fruit part of the fruit. Oh, you're really bloody range. selling it, Giles, aren't I you? I mean, yeah. Look, we've given them a mention. Isn't that nice enough? <laughs> Definitely won't be sending this to the PR. Um, also, Elephant Gin. They, elephant Gin is bloody fantastic. Um, um, it's all barrel-aged gin, yeah, apparently. So they bought out a barrel-aged gin, which is pretty cool. And it's it's aged in old and new barrels. So it's kind of smoky. Apparently, it's delicious. It makes a great mixer. I'm quite excited about it. Also, Elephant Gin is just such a cool brand. So they give 15% of all their profits to two African foundations. Save the elephants. Save the elephants. That's good. It's really nice. And people love elephant gin. All the all the big bars like Dukes and Mr. Frogs are using it. So if it's good enough for them, I'll drink it neat. Great. 
Um, so that's all the, our cocktail news. Uh, up next, we've got Celeste Wong uh, talking all things Baileys. This is the AT, the About Time podcast. And now, a word from our sponsor. This week's episode of the AT is kindly sponsored by Kind Snacks. If you haven't tried them before, these seriously tasty snacks feature delicious, high-quality ingredients and are rich with wholesome, nutty goodness. Each is made with real fruit ingredients, such as whole nuts and fruits, which are bound together in honey for a delicious and nutritious result. They're also packed with protein, fiber, and heart-healthy fats, plus which will keep you fuller for longer. Kind contains lower levels of total sugar compared to similar snacks you'll find in the supermarkets. You can take your pick from eight bars in the range, which includes amazing favorites such as dark chocolate, nuts, and sea salt, on-trend pairings like the almond coconut, and my personal favorite, Madagascan villain almond. As today is our special booze episode, and we're talking all things booze and cocktails, we have Celeste Wong on the show, who is part of the Bailey's Treat Collective. Um, for those that don't know, what is the Bailey's Treat Collective? Uh, the Bailey's Treat Collective is a group of five young entrepreneurial women who are um, experts in their field, all to do with drink and food, mainly artisan drink and food. Um, so we have Lily Vanilli, who's the star baker, uh, Lucy Bennett, who is the chocolatier. She's a really amazing patisserie chef. Um, Sophia Brothers, who has Nonna's gelato. So she makes homemade gelato. Uh, and also Missy Flynn, who, uh, opened Rita's diner a while back. So she's the mixologist and me, Celeste Wong, the girl in the cafe, who is the expert uh, on coffee. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about your background and how you first got into coffee? Um, I guess, well, how I first got into coffee, I was studying and just got a part-time job at a coffee shop. But I guess the stars aligned and I ended up being in a really awesome little cafe that you know, with people that was hugely inspiring and just had so much knowledge. I just, just got obsessed with it and it's carried me through. Yeah. What's your favorite type of coffee? Uh, favorite type as in, yeah. And also maybe favorite, favorite blend, like what, what beans you like to use? Oh, okay. Um, well, there's so many to choose from at the moment. Like always, there's just such a massive variety. It's really hard for me to choose, but um, I guess out of the milky coffees, it would have to be a flat white. I'm from New Zealand, so maybe yeah. what you will from that. Um, and I generally do like to drink a filter coffee. Mm-hmm. So black. Yeah. There's, I feel like there's a bit of a kind of misconception that filter coffee often is like the worst tasting one because it's often the cheapest on a menu. But I suppose good filter coffee, if you're mm. using great quality beans, is a, is a great coffee. It's such a great, filter coffee is such a great coffee to have because you can really taste the the different tasting notes from different origins, like much easier actually um, and much better than if you mix it with milk or something like that. Mm. Um, and actually often it's not the cheapest way. It's almost like drinking coffee in its purest form. Mm. I have a question. Mm. I only drink decaf because I'm really, <gasps> really sensitive what? to caffeine. I know we've also, yeah. we're drinking a... I will explain a little bit what we're drinking in a second, but I know it has caffeine in it and I'm okay. Okay. But, um, <laughs> like, oh, I've drank mine. Yeah, so you'll be up all night. <laughs> but I only drink sure. decaf, but I find that it, it never quite tastes as good. Why is that? Well, it depends on the quality of like the process of how they're actually decaffeinating it. So there's a couple of different methods. Um, 
I know like a couple in London that I would suggest you could try. I mean, I always would go for speciality coffee, um, just the processes and the way that they what, do What things. do you mean by speciality? Um, pe- so anything that is – Oh my god. A bit that's more artisan. So Yeah, so not prep. Yeah. <laughs> and not the other one, Starbucks. Not the Starbucks. Um Starbucks guess... coffee really tastes like shit. <laughs> like <laughs> seriously. It tastes it like, like... Yeah, oh, yeah, I've said it. Okay. It tastes burnt. I think they're now unlikely to be our next sponsors, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> had a had a had a subpar cheese toast in there the other day. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so people so, that um, really care about coffee. Well, it's not just about caring about coffee. It's about um, where they get their coffee from, so the origins, what the the trade process is, um, what the process of actually um, the, the process of actually uh, you know of the beans, um, and I guess I mean one way to sort of look at it is if something is on mass, like bought on mass. Um, and the way that they actually roast the coffee, you know, in their in their mm. roasteries, mm. Um, that that has a massive part to play mm. on the quality of the coffee beans. So. I was told that decaf- sorry, I've, I don't think I've explained that very well at <laughs> no, all. No, I'm like, no, well, yeah. I've I've um, been told that decaf is often because they kind of over roast it to get rid of some of the caffeine, so it's like almost a bit burnt. Is that true? Or they put it through chemicals? It can like there's there, there's two. I mean, the water hydration, um, the water process. Sorry, um, the Swiss water process is probably the best, but you're always going to get like a tiny little bit of caffeine mm-hmm. in the beans. But in terms of the roasting. Um, Roasting really, it comes down to the skill of the roaster. Mm. So it's like, it's like if I were to compare it to a roast, like a piece of meat. Um, you're speaking to the right person. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So if it's a piece of meat, like if it's a really great quality meat that's the best cut, lamb shoulder. Yeah, from the best farm that's organic and you know grass fed or corn fed or whatever it is that you think is best. Um, but then you put it in the oven and the person that's cooking it doesn't know what they're doing. You can have a really terrible roast or you can have a really amazing tender roast. I mean, that's sort of the same when it comes to coffee. It's mm-hmm. like if you're getting great quality beans from somewhere and then it gets in the hands of someone that doesn't really know what to do with them. And then again, even if they knew what to do with them, then it goes to a barista or a cafe and then they don't know how to use a machine or get the best out of the extraction, then you're not going to have a great cup of coffee. Mm. I mean. <laughs> and what do you think about the rise of, sorry. <laughs> sorry I feel sorry. like we need to introduce these cocktails oh, yeah. that I've like basically <laughs> down two okay, of. Okay, yeah. Go on, go on. Okay. I was getting, I was getting so away. Obviously, this is a cocktail episode. Yeah. We're drinking some cocktails that you've made. Yeah. Can you tell us what is in, what is, what are we drinking right now? Okay, so you're drinking, um, I've called it the, Oh, did I even talk about what the Treat Collective even does? We're getting on to that. Okay. Now. Right. I'll say that and then I'll, I'll should I tell you what the, yeah. what's in the cocktail? So yeah. basically we were all pulled together as a Treat Collective to collaborate on recipes and things using Baileys. So, um, this is the second sort of campaign, if you will, uh, of Baileys and basically, yeah. So what you're drinking now is a recipe that I've come up with that involves coffee. Um, and what you're drinking is the Bailey's almond from their new vegan range. Vegan range. So it is. It's dairy free, but it's not just for vegans because 
it, I'm drinking it. Yeah, it's, it's delicious. I drink it, and it's. I think it's for it, because it has the same Bailey's quality that you've got. You, you know, actually can't sure. tell the difference. Yeah. I drink a lot. Like Bailey's is my drink of choice. You know, when I'm like, when you know your mum's in the, the cabinet, yeah. the drinks cabinet. She's like, what do you want on ice? She's an amaretto gal. Right. I'm a Bailey's girl. Yeah, and you can't actually tell the difference. Wow. Which yeah. I think is really good. Is, is that because there's coconut cream in it? I've put coconut cream in this um, and a bit of coconut milk because actually the coconut cream was a bit hard. So I bought some coconut milk as well. Mm. Um, the Yeah, the texture of the almond Baileys is pretty similar to the original. So, yeah, it tastes really good. And it uses almond milk instead of any dairy. Great. And when, when we come back, we're going to be talking all about Bailey's. And also, I want to talk more about veganism as a concept. Mm. From food to fitness, bars to going out, this is the AT, the About Time podcast. And here's this week's News in Brief. Pony Poke are set to launch their second site in the city near Fenchurch Street this week. And to celebrate, they'll be offering 50% off Poke Bowls on Monday the 12th and Tuesday the 13th of March. Um, there's going to be Hawaiian Poke Bowls with Flame Torch Octopus, Tuna, Salmon, Cherry, uh, cherry Chicken Teriyaki or Tofu. And for another new opening, Swingers West End is opening on Friday the 16th of March. Go check it out. It's going to be amazing. It's much bigger than their site in East London. They've got street food vendors, Patty and Bun, Made of Dough, Breados Tacos and Hackney Gelato there. And there's new golf courses with a brand new Helter Skelter. And if you want a St. Paddy's Day party, Pop Brixton is going to take be taking Londoners on a wild trip to the Emerald Isle for their annual St. Paddy's party, an all-out Irish celebration like no other. This is happening on Saturday, the 17th of March. Uh, the party will begin at 5pm. There'll be live music, a Kayleigh band, face paints, Guinness, good times, fun. Um, so go check that out if you want a good time. Um, and that's all for this week's News in Brief. So we're back with Celeste. Bailey's has a bit of a kind of the drink that you only, you know, bring out at Christmas. Are you, is there kind of, are you changing the kind of perception that it's it's more of an all year round drink? Yeah, I think uh, from what we're doing, it is helping change that perception uh, because it is a drink that you can drink all year round. I mean, they have so many different varieties as well. Um, there's the deluxe chocolate one. I don't know if you've, have you tried that? I've seen it. I have. I have. Incredible. Have you tried it? In the gold, yeah. the gold bottle. Yeah. Super decadent, but I love that. Just you only need on one. Ice. You only need one. <laughs> it must be glass. very rich. It is. So yeah, I mean, with the mocha nut, uh, cocktail that I made you, I've made it so that you can do like a vegan version and then another, like any other kind of Bailey's version. Um, but obviously that one's with the um, almond, um, yeah, and then there was a pumpkin spice uh, Bailey's. It's unusual. Yeah, it is unusual. It is unusual. Um, so there's, yeah, so there's sort of a Bailey's for all year round, and I think the Bailey's original is obviously the one that can – I mean, it's just so versatile because you don't just drink it. You can bake – it literally goes in everything. Like I've been able to – I've made these chocolate ganache balls and um, it goes in cakes and we've done – 
Oh, we've done like this. It goes in ice cream and all sorts of things. So hot chocolates. Yeah. Hot, hot chocolate. chocolates. We did yeah. recently run a hot chocolate guide and someone was like, there's no Baileys in this. So it's not proper. People do love, people yeah. do love a Baileys hot chocolate. It yeah, gives it do. a bit of a kick. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the other things that the Treat Collective have been creating? Oh, I've got to think now. Um, I know that Lily Van Lily has done quite a few kind of cakes and sweet things. Yeah. So she's done a lot of, yeah, a lot of cakes and, and things like that. Um, Missy's done a few. I don't remember what they are in particular, but there's been a lot of, uh, the Knickerbocker Glory, um, sort of variations on that. Um, last year we did a, um, Lily did a, a donut, um, Sophia did from Nonna's Gelato. She did the uh, ice cream, and I did like a bacon marinated in coffee and Bailey's. Ooh, wow. So we did like this butty um, that it was really like good. That really crazy, yeah. But... So that's one so, way to like so was... incorporate coffee into it as well and make it savory and sweet. Ooh. So that was a real sort of collaborative thing where we were all just kind of everyone had like a, a part to play. This one um, we're making more simplified recipes so that people can actually do these at home because the ones we did before were like completely crazy. It was amazing, but it was just like nuts. <laughs> these are a bit more accessible yeah definitely for people like us yeah <laughs> you, just normally you can make this we get straight from the bottle <laughs> you can do that too <laughs> drink too it's only it's a monday night um where do you like to go out and drink in london do you have a favorite oh. cocktail spot oh god i hate these questions because i can never think uh spoons <laughs> is, it, is it spoon? Mm. Is it the slug and lettuce? Is it all, I do like. Um, is it O'Neill's? Is it, is it all bar one? <laughs> <laughs> is there a reason why you're yeah. just, it's just the chain ones that we keep? Okay, doing. Is it those oh. ones that always pitch us ideas. They're like all bar oh. one in a Wimbledon cocktail special. And they're just always I've never been to an all bar one. Oh, um, well, I like for, if I'm going to go be like really decadent and and go for a really well made cocktail, I'd go to dandelion um which is incredible and they just come up with such amazing cocktails just visually and also they taste taste amazing amazing. mr lion yeah my friend got engaged there he proposed it dandelion oh yeah nice nice a couple drinks (laughs) otherwise um i guess i mean i yeah east london liquor company i quite like that place i like yeah something sort of low-key it, I guess it changes and it depends on how close it is to my house. <laughs> and, for, and for coffee, where would you recommend listeners go to get really good coffee in London? Oh, well, there's just so many places at the moment, but, um, the Department of Coffee and Social Affairs do, um, really good coffee. Also, the roaster for the Department of Coffee also roasts my coffee. <laughs> so. I'm not just saying Little that, but I up. know that. Little yeah. plug. Yeah, I know. <laughs> plug. Uh, Dumo's amazing. Um, other places would be uh, Workshop is good. Um, I like Workshop. Yeah, they've always got really good quality coffee. Um, where else? How do you feel about people at the moment? Everyone's sort of ordering non-dairy milk for their coffee. Mm. I feel like it's a real art to get a good non-dairy coffee. Like soy milk always splits and then like mm. oat milk doesn't always taste good. Why do you think everyone's got quite obsessed with these non-dairy milks? And do you think you can make a good coffee out of it? Yeah, definitely. It's such a huge movement. I, I like um, the oat 
oat milk. I I mean, I actually think, yeah, I actually think oat milk tastes pretty close to real milk, actually, Mm. in terms of all the dairy-free alternatives. Um, Yeah, a lot of people are not using soy anymore and just going straight to oat and regular milk. Um, The two sort of oat milks that, you know, are most used by baristas at at the moment in the artisan specialty coffee cafes is um, Oatly and Minor Figures. Minor Figures have this new uh, oat milk out, which is like super consistent. It it heats really well. Tastes great. Um, Minor figures. So yeah, mm. they're a, they they're like a cold brew company, but they've just released their new oat milk. So yeah, you should definitely try it out. And a lot of great places um, have it. I'm, I'm loving yeah. the artisan producers, like the enthusiasm for artisan producers in London at the moment. Mm. It's really great. Like I'm seeing the estate dairy everywhere. Yeah, like their milks and like premium milks. There's a premium yeah. version of everything now. Yeah, well, there's a couple of, I mean, there's barista milk, um, well, there's the state dairy one, but there's also braids, um, which is a farm in Lancashire, I think, like up north. And, you know, that milk is amazing just because also like the way that they treat their cows and, and how they uh, produce it and how they process everything. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's really incredible. So you've got good, op- you know, good, good options for both. Yeah. I'm glad that split soy milk thing. is a thing of the past. Yeah. <laughs> it's ruining really my disgusting. life. Yeah. If people want to make the mocha nut at home, how do yeah. they do it? Okay, so I used uh, 25 mils of vodka, uh, a teaspoon of like a vegan dairy-free hazelnut spread, chocolate spread. I think it was so free. It was actually quite hard for me to find a vegan whole foods bread. yeah or holland and barrett yeah, yeah. um otherwise if you're not vegan you could use nutella um and then i used 50 mils of coconut milk and sorry 25 mils of coconut milk and then 50 mils of the almond baileys and i put ice in and oh and i put did 50 mils of cold brew uh tonight i used her um, cold brew which is an amazing concentrate um, but you can actually you could make your own cold brew and if you didn't want it as strong you could do something with decaf so you could make a decaf cold brew like a just friendly one yeah I mean what coffee does really is it enhances the flavor so it just gives it a bit more of a, a bite to it mm. um, and then 50 mils of the almond baileys and shake it over and ice shake it over ice go. yeah well, it's absolutely it. delicious. And Alicia's neck too, so <laughs> party time. She's, I'm she's glad you enjoyed it. sleeping tonight. Yeah, I'm really actually quite scared. No, <laughs> it's delicious. I'm going to suffer the consequences of my Thanks art. for joining us, Celeste. If you want to find out more about you or follow you on Instagram, where can they yeah. find you? Um, I'm at thegirlinthecafe.co.uk or on Instagram, I'm thegirlinthecafe, but with underscores between each okay. <laughs> word. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. This is the AT, the About Time podcast. Giles, where have you been eating this week? Oh, so I did something that I literally have not done in years, and I took myself out for dinner. Very empowering. You know, it's International Women's Day, and I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to treat myself. So before- I like going out for solo dinners. Yeah, I'm still kind of getting used to it. I, don't I have re- to have my laptop, though. Yeah, that's the thing, you need a prop. And I was like, no, I will have a prop-free solo dinner. But then what that requires is going somewhere that's pretty low-key. Like, going to prep for dinner doesn't count. It has to be somewhere that is classed as a restaurant. So I went somewhere in Soho called Lingo. I mean, it is so sort of faceless on the outside that I actually had to 
check my bank statements to work out where it was I'd been because it's like has no signage or anything it's on Brewer Street really near to like where the Whole Foods in Piccadilly is oh yeah I know of Soho it is completely like devoid of character like honestly just plastic tables plastic menus the works but like really good like authentically Japanese if that makes sense so like you know the kind of Japanese restaurants where no one really cares if you're there yeah quite rude to you but I kind of like that and they just like throw down your maki rolls throw you a menu like all that kind of stuff throw down your maki rolls so that's where I went um it was so simple and utterly delicious I had some spicy tuna rolls and some salmon avocado rolls and some miso soup and I can't fault it it was cheap it was tasty how cheap are we talking um so I spent 15 pounds on myself is that I think that's right no that's reasonable that's reasonable but also the thing is is because I don't really dine alone I'm so used to ordering the whole menu because when you're with someone else you're like oh it'll get finished when you're on your own you're like it might not get finished so I actually had to think which was weird um and I had some sake is it, is that look, sad? Somehow no. getting the alcohol made it feel sad. What I like is Took that it from you... from empowering to sad quite quickly with the sake. Um, I'm actually going to let the listeners into a secret, is mm. that you actually dined here before you went to a creative writing class. Yeah. So if anything, I think the sake helps. Yeah, it helped with, with the, the creative writing. And yeah. I'm taking a writing fiction course at City Lit. Um, so yeah, that's my life. Yeah, Gels is basically writing erotica. <laughs> right, fine, just tell our listeners why don't just tell the world. Yeah, so I actually am writing um, erotic fiction, which is is great, but I did have to read it out to the class, um, um, which was which was interesting. It's yeah. been mostly my class is made up of sort of forty to fifty year old men who get the train down from places in shires, <laughs> and they're all writing sci fi. Um, or crime fiction or a little sort of Swedish noir. And there was me just, it was just clit and all that kind of stuff. So that was interesting. Mm. I, I, <laughs> I actually read it and it went from naught to 60 in yeah. about 10 words if because it, it was, it was the word count. <laughs> it was the word count. Also, I was tired and wanted to go to bed. So it probably did escalate a little too quickly. But anyway, I'd very much recommend the city lit. City, yeah, also City Lit also has a funny abbreviation course if you're looking for it. Alicia, where have you been eating? Change the subject. Um, I went to Paso. Where's Paso? Old Street. It's really nice. You always dine in the most random. Like, I'm not being funny. What is there going on at Old Street? Not a lot. Is it in the underground? (laughs) There's always stuff going on in the underground at Old Street. There is weird weird stuff in the <laughs> underground um no so it's just off the roundabout okay um paso it opened last year very kind of cali vibes like west coast okay. sort of like sunshine food so is it like salady food well i say that well it says on the website it's inspired by the west coast but then they're churning out pizza so like oh, okay. but you know do you feel like they didn't commit to the west coast theme enough Yes, (laughs) I do. (laughs) Very, very cool interiors. Very, you know, sustainable wood, you know, hessian. (laughs) Chic. Hemp. And what kind of food did you eat? Um, So I went for brunch. The open kitchen, you know, and people were people were eating a lot of ordering a lot of truffle pizzas. Is your body like unable to tolerate any meal apart from brunch? Is there a reason why that's all you ever eat? It's all I ever eat. Brunch for dinner most nights. I can't wait to have scrambled eggs on toast tonight for tea. Um, So. I obviously went, I do like veggie breakfast and it was good because there's halloumi on there, there's avocado on there, there's mushroom, tomato, eggs. It was really good. Um, my friend had the shatshuka. It was, it looked good, but I'd say it was quite watery. Mm. Um, but also they do really, really good pizzas. But at 11.30 in the morning, I didn't really want a pizza. Mm. 
Um, my One of my pet peeves at the moment is people taking over shakshuka and it's like on every brunch menu but it's such a middle eastern yeah food like in middle eastern culture and tradition that you can't just like not everywhere can do a good shakshuka i become too mainstream i stand by this nopi is the only place that Mm. i'm like this shakshuka is knock your socks off delicious yeah i agree and honey and co like yeah honey and co and nopi i want shakshuka taken off brunch menus yeah i think it's almost also, I've been to places where I'm like, this is not shakshuka. You've given me two poached eggs in some weird, shitty tomato sauce. <laughs> like, put it like, do you know what I give mean? Give me some spice. Yeah, give me some, give me some bake meat. it in, man. Um, Paso is good and, and, um, they do really nice, like, freshly baked pastries. Um, and I think it's honestly a place that Old Street needs. Really? Would you go back? I would go back. Hmm, I think okay. I'd go back probably more for the vibe. And I'd quite like to go back to, for a dinner service. You know, I'm saying candles. You know, there's some, a lot of floor to ceiling windows, Angelica. Um, <laughs> a little bit of California sunshine. Yes. But I, the, the pizzas look good. But, you know, by the time we finished our brunch at like one, everyone was on the lunch menu. And then I kind of got a bit of envy because I was like, Ugh. but no one wants a pizza. Like, does anyone want pizza? Breakfast pizza. Only in America. <laughs> in America as usual you've been dining in all the trendy places and I've <laughs> been going to the ones with no name on the outside <laughs> yeah but it's, that's cool you know well thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast special on cocktails we hope it's inspired you and given you a taste and you'll go make a stiff drink having lessened if you would like to find out more where can you find us Al? we're at the underscore AT show and at Joey Malin at Alicia underscore Grimshaw next week can we share what we'll be talking we about we can share we're talking about dating in London. We're doing a dating special. Yeah, I think it's about it's about so time. So if you're looking for love in London, tune in next week and we will have all the answers. You've been listening to The AT. For more of the best things to do in London and beyond, visit abouttimemagazine.co.uk or follow us at About Time Mag. This has been a candy store production for About Time magazine, hosted by Angelica Malin and Alicia Grimshaw and produced by Van Connor. Spirit Body by Ketzer appears under Creative Commons 3.0. Visit ketzermusic.com for more, with recording facilities in partnership with Jova London. Head to jovalondon.com for more information.